Welcome to Just Saying, a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Saying podcast. My name is Allison Gardner. Hey, Allison Gardner. What's up? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. It's yeah. the lightning round. It's tag team time. They're, they're ready. They're ready. Uh, I'm here with uh, Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello, Allison. Who has already uh, interjected. Oh, yes. I'm there. Oh, yes. I'm there. The yes. interjector. Yes. And we're also here with our other interjector, Tyler <laughs> yes. Staten. Interjector hey. Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm learning the ways of the interjector. <laughs> Way to go, weed hopper. <laughs> weed hopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry. It is Monday. Isn't it? uh, it's Monday. Oh, it Monday, is. Monday, Monday. It definitely is. It's a Monday. Yeah. It's you might Monday. not be listening to this on a Monday, but True. we are recording this. But you on know a what Monday. they should, right? If they you should. get if we release it on Wednesday, wait till Monday to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, makes a whole lot more sense on Monday. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, they can relate. Right. Probably. It's like that sounds like a Monday it comment. Like a Monday yeah. Comment. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be happening on a Wednesday. <laughs> right. No. Wednesday, they would be much happier. They'd be, happier. Yeah. They'd be yeah. in church, hopefully. Church, mm. church day. <laughs> yeah. Hump day. Hump almost, day. Almost through with the week. Hump day. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we, we're so glad to be here. Yes, we we are. We are. We are closing out season four today. Crazy. Woo. This is the epilogue. Yeah. Season four. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, not the prologue. <laughs> the epilogue. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good we way to describe it. We should try that sometime, though. We should try to do, like, episode three and then go back to episode one and to do seven and then two. Ooh. Like Star Wars, didn't they do it that way? Uh, oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> Your math is killing me. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Why, why don't we just confuse everybody here? Well, it may have been well, in one well. of the one of the episodes of Star Wars, <laughs> one of which, the which is Those the correct. Those are term. episodes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Terry everybody. Potter. Thank you very much. Those of you that have made fun of me, of <laughs> episode comment. Yes, and now he Pay knows. Payback. <laughs> but uh, here we are, closing out season four. Every season, if you are not seasoned listeners, get it. If you're not a seasoned listener, you don't know our structure, but uh, we close out every season with what we like to call the lightning round. Yeah. Lightning Lightning sound sound effect. Storm. And we're going to have one here in a minute if we don't hurry up. Yeah, that's true. And also, if if you're not familiar, where have you been? Yeah. Where have you been? Where, you <laughs> where been? have you been? Yes. Good we're night. glad you're here we're otherwise, you're here. but wonder, where have you been? But where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this week's sponsor, Tyler? <laughs> Brought to you by... <laughs> Looking around the, the room. Uh, what is What brand is this? Yeah, what brand is the uh, back? Shark. Shark, probably. Shark. Yes. Yeah. Beater bar. Beater bar. Well, if, you guys, if you guys didn't know, I have a fidget toy here that is a beater bar from um, a shark a vacuum, vacuum cleaner yeah. that yeah. just got left here one yeah. day and it's been here ever since. Sometimes when, when she, you know, when she gets going on right. something, she starts, she like, starts <laughs> flagging that thing, waving it like she's like, like we have to almost get out of the room. Yeah. 
because I have it, dropped it, becomes, it a few times. It becomes a dangerous weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so soft and fluffy. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, that's our sponsor for this episode. Shark, Shark beater bars. I mean, <laughs> just the beater bar, not the vacuum itself. Sold right. separately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to buy your own. <laughs> you cannot have our shark vacuum sweeper. You got to have your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, the lightning round is basically where we have uh, pulled together uh, some listener questions on a wide variety of topics. And this may be the widest, <laughs> the widest really? variety yeah. of topics <laughs> ever in the history of mankind. Yeah. In the history of just saying. Well, that is the history of mankind. Oh, really? <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. We tried to refer it to it as a lightning round at first because the goal was to get through as many questions yeah. as we could in a yeah. short amount of time. But yeah. if you know us by now, that uh, doesn't really work out. Uh, I'm gonna do my best this time, though. Okay, I'm, I'm you gonna, say that every time, but I I, I believe you. I, listen, we serve a God of, of another, chance. <laughs> another chance. And so this is my other chance. Yes. He's a new creation. Although the, the first question on the agenda, I mm. mean, it really is just a difficult question that could take forever. But mm. I will do my best to buzz through it. Okay. All well, right. let's go ahead and hop right into it then. Speaking of that first question. Speaking of the first question. So um, I'm going to read this um, like I'm speaking from the person who sent it because this is how they sent it okay. um, and they spoke in the first person. So okay. I'm going to read it like that. So this person said, I believe the Bible story is really a real estate problem. It's a story of two spaces, the human space and God's space. The spaces overlapped, get separated, and then eventually those spaces are reunited. My question is, how do two spaces reunite? Revelation is somewhat difficult to understand. All right. So... If I understand the question right, I'm going to kind of rephrase it real quick. Yeah. God and his creation were in the same space, all right, until the fall, uh-huh. right? We're in the garden, same space. That fall created a schism, a space, if you will, a gap between God and creation. Jesus came to bridge the gap, uh, redeem us back to God to get us to overlap spaces, which is what the, the listener referred to. And then after this life, believers— will spend eternity with God, which is the same space. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a place called heaven, and Allison, I, I mean, I'm sure you have some thought about this. I, I cannot sit here and say I know exactly where heaven is at. No. I, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. theories about where that's at. I know wherever God is at, that's going to be heaven. Hmm. And, you know, that that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. So the, the revelation— of Jesus Christ, which is what the listener referred to there, Revelation somewhat difficult to understand, speaks of a rapture and then a tribulation period, then a millennial period, and then eternity. So once all these things come to pass, and and I'm not going to really dive into those elements, although they have to come to pass for the the spaces that come back together. Mm -hmm. John 3, 16, simple. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, everlasting life. The question is, you know, how do these spaces come back together? They come back together in everlasting life. Where is everlasting life? You know, I don't think Adam and Eve were in the garden, stepped outside, looked up and said, we're going to go up there someday. I, I don't think that's what they did. So I don't know if heaven is up there, over there. It's somewhere. 
And the somewhere to me is, is wherever God is at. Hmm. So let me read four verses out of the Revelation. I know it, the, the, the listener said it was difficult, but I really think this part of it kind of makes it understandable. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, the first four verses. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So there's, I mean, I think there's part of the question or hmm. part of the answer. Uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And, and again, it's that seems understandable to me. Mm-hmm. There's also no more sea. Then I, John, John the Apostle on the Isle of Patmos in exile, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. So again, my my thought of wherever heaven is at, it's where God is at. So the the uh, the temple of God is with men, and so I, that's that's kind of where I came from on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. So several times there is referring to God being with them, those people that make it into everlasting life, into new heaven, new earth, wherever that's at. If it's this earth that has been destroyed by fire and and now it's a new heaven and a new earth with the new Jerusalem coming down. I don't know. I can't speak to that specifically, Mm -hmm. but I can say heaven will be wherever God is at because at that moment, that last verse says, and then God will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more death, no more crying, no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. So Jesus made it possible for us to gap the bridge between our spaces. And because of that, those of us who believe on him will have everlasting life and everlasting life will be wherever God is at. Hmm. That was the quickest that version that I could That was a good short answer. With. I'm very proud of you. Why, thank you. Way to go. <laughs> I think, I don't really, I don't think this question was phrased in the exact way that I would phrase it because it makes it seem like... So we know you weren't the one that sent it. Yes, I was not the one that sent it. (laughs) I was wondering. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, because it makes it... I feel like it makes it seem like... He, he, uh, whoever it was, they said um, human space and God space, and then they overlap and then get separated. And I feel like that makes it seem like, you know, there are two different worlds and God's in charge of one of mm. them and we have the other one. The multiverse. But, yeah, yeah, but that's not what it is. <laughs> like in reality, it's God's. Everything is God's. Right. And I don't think that's what they were getting right. at, but right. I want to make it they clear. Were, they were using yeah. real estate to describe right. our condition. Right, right. But Which, which made sense. Yeah, but like, our space here isn't outside of God's space because, you know, God created this place. And I think the intention was always to um, restore us back to Eden where we would have a place to dwell with God, like what you right. were saying. I'm with you. So wherever uh, we end up at, during the second coming, it will be a place where we will be able to dwell with God like um, he intended in the garden in the first place. Um, so that's what that's what we look forward to. Right. And the study of eschatology, which is the study of end times, is something that we could dive oh, into for a hot minute. But yeah. Uh, yeah. that was a good fact, short I, answer. I did a 34-week Wednesday night series. Mm, when was that? Uh, a couple, a couple years, of years ago. ago. On the really? book of Revelation. Yeah, the Revelation of, of Christ. Thir- I, I think it was almost a whole year. Hmm. And and I and again and even in a whole year we didn't exhaust didn't, it. Yeah, no yeah. way. Uh, yes. Yeah, so 
Great question. Great short answer. <laughs> Number you. two, what was the best advice your parents gave you? My dad gave me $25 when I graduated from high school, <laughs> and he said these words. Don't spend that all in one place. That's the best. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't advice that I got from my parents that, that I think was the best thing I got. It was it was a, a legacy, a heritage mm. to love mm. God because yeah. they, they did teach me to do that. Yeah. And, um, me and my four, uh, three of my brothers, Eddie, my youngest brother, didn't come along until a little bit later. But the four of us would have to get up every day through the week, Monday through Friday. And after breakfast, we had to read a chapter of the Bible. Now, granted, one person read while the other three slept, but we that was instilled in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, tithing, going to church, uh, praying, all those things were instilled in us. So I think rather than saying it was uh, some advice, I would say it was just a heritage yeah. uh, to love God and love the things of God. And, and I, think it's has, I think it has shown itself out. I mean, I pastor a church. My older brother pastors a church. Um, one of my younger brothers is involved in the music program here at the church. Uh, my youngest brother was a minister of music and youth at one time. So, I mean, that heritage definitely has lived on mm-hmm. uh, after their passing. Yeah, that's a good that's a good goal of parenting. It's not really about leaving certain little nuggets of advice right. all throughout their lives, but it's about living a lifestyle that is glorifying to How Christ. How awesome it would be if if parents would be more concerned about leaving the heritage and the legacy more so than making sure that their children are going to be financially mm. okay or, you know, have a house that they're going to leave to them. Yeah. And, and work your whole life to leave those kinds of things, but then not take care of that spiritual mm-hmm. aspect of, uh, of your children. I mean, I, I hope that I have done that with my children. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll see, but I hope I have. Right. Very good. So this question is based off of a quote, and I would yeah. like to read the quote for read context. Quote. So this is a quote from uh, Matt Haig on Twitter at Matt Haig one Suicide is not selfish. Suicide is normally death caused by illness, the illness of depression. It is the final symptom, a final collapse under unbearable weight. Suicide is a tragedy. If you have never been close to that edge, try not to judge what you can't understand. So the question is, if mental health is a disease, how can suicide be a sin? You know, the problem that I have with the question as well as with his quote is all of the uh, non-concrete things, like the mm. words if. There was no nuance there. Right. There, yeah. I mean, and again, what I have as an answer, let me, let me say this first. I am not, I am not a denier mm. uh, of mental health issues. I know it's a serious, serious problem. And um, unfortunately, throughout the years, prior to what, 25 years ago, the church handled it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I know it's real. And I don't want you to anybody to take anything that I'm saying right now as being, you know, denying that, that the problem exists. So I, I know it exists. But the question that needs unpacked is that little word, if, hmm. right? If mental health yeah. is a disease. There's an, yeah. I mean, I, I've come up with four different variables, I guess I would say. You have mental condition, you have mental illness, you have a mental issue, you have mental disease. And so what is it? You know, what mm-hmm. and I don't think we can I don't think there's a way you can put a blanket over mm-hmm. that issue yeah. and say they are all this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um and too often what happens is is that we open the door to a possibility 
Okay, uh, suicide is selfish. Don't don't uh, judge it unless you you know you've experienced this. Suicide thing. is not selfish. Did I say selfish? Is, yeah, oh, yeah. Forgive me. That's okay. Tyler, you need to take that one. <laughs> um, but what happens is is when we we begin to try to explain it as a disease, it, it might not be. It, it's mm, not yeah, for yeah, every person. Yeah. So to make a statement about suicide, a very yeah serious, desperate situation and just make a blanket statement, mm-hmm. I think is very difficult to do. And here's what happens. And, well, and I, yeah, I mean, not everybody who commits suicide has exactly yeah. some sort of, you know, disease right. or, or otherwise. I but agree yeah, with sorry. you. And, and that's the, no, no, that's fine. That's because that's the difficult part mm-hmm. of the question. Yeah. Um, you know, if we begin to open up the door, if we begin to ease up on a conviction, let's say, um, then there's a chance that it widens and people begin to to look at it in a whole different light and mm-hmm. maybe in you know too much of an easy light. Mm-hmm. It, the, here's the way that I've always phrased an answer to people who ask me about you know suicide and people that commit suicide. You know, I, I number one, I'm I'm sensitive to the fact that that there are issues that need to be dealt with. But here's the thing: at the end of the day. Really, who wants you to hurt yourself? Does, and again, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Biblical worldview, does God want me to hurt myself or does the enemy want me to hurt myself? Um, I mean, you can argue that if you want, but my conviction is God doesn't want me to hurt myself. God wants me to be healed. God wants me to seek out biblical counseling to overcome whatever kind of you know mental disease, if that's what we want to call it, hmm. you know, to get help for that. So God doesn't want me to get hurt, hurt myself. And then I have to land on the enemy is the one that wants me to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. Now, what what happens when a person commits suicide? I am not the judge. Mm God will be the judge. But here's here's what I say. I would hate for my last act on this earth to be something that the devil wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Or something that God hates. Because suicide is murder. It is. I think it it goes back to the uh, abortion Mm -hmm. uh, episode. We are calling the uh, different things episode on the podcast, right? Yes. (laughs) Just not Harry Potter. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I I don't want to overstep anywhere. (laughs) Yes. but but yeah. I, I, you're right. God is the one who decides when there's life, and He's the one who uh-huh. decides when there's not. And and to say, you know, because of a, of a certain malady or a certain uh, mental disorder or something that that I now get to make that decision, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I could yeah. biblically yeah. say that's okay. Even going back to the commandments, "Thou shalt not kill." It doesn't say "Thou shalt not kill someone else." Right. I think that's included. Yeah, you I should kill I yourself. Too. You should yeah. kill others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I, I agree with you. So, making such a blanket statement, and that's how it usually is with Twitter. Like you, you have a certain number of characteristics, so you want to be yeah. to the point, yeah. get what you're sh- saying out there. And I get that there is a place for making statements like that to make a point, but um, I don't think that that is the case, especially for um, the majority or minority, because uh, we don't know. I, I mean, I definitely think that there are cases where people do have diseases, mental diseases and commit suicide and they're not in their right mind. Right, right. But I also believe that there are people who have taken their lives for selfish reasons. Yeah, sure. What is the whole purpose of suicide? Yeah. It's to end my pain yeah. so that I don't have to deal with this anymore, regardless of the consequences that mm-hmm. it has on on me or on anyone else. Mm-hmm. So we can we have compassion for the people who do feel so hopeless Absolutely. that they want to end their yeah. lives. 
you do need to acknowledge that that is selfishness to want to end your life. And that's the root of everything that we do because we're sinful human beings. I think that's original sin yeah. is selfishness, selfishness, right? I mean, that's original sin. But but the, I agree. We we want we are sensitive to, to the needs of people that struggle with, you know, whether it's anxiety or depression or, or whatever the case might be. But but we also, you know, we, we don't want to back off the fact that we, we think there's hope mm-hmm. in every situation yes. for God to bring a solution a that's outside of yourself. O- outside of that, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to a parent just recently, and this is not, you got to take me off the clock because this is not really part of the answer that <laughs> I prepared. I was talking to a parent recently that was very concerned about a child that, that they— defined as having mental illness. Mm-hmm. Now, the parent defined that. The parent had taken this child to several different facilities that would not accept a child because I don't think the facilities, after their evaluation, decided that it was that. But the mm-hmm. parent, I think they've made their mind up that, yes, it is. Well, once we do that, then then we kind of open the door to uh, allowing uh, an escape clause mm. You know, yeah. well, they're acting that way because yeah. they have a mental. Yeah. Right. And again, I'm not saying that mental illness or even mental disease is not real. I know it's real. Like, but you can't. That's the problem is that every situation has to be handled differently because if you make a blanket statement, then you got people on the fringe that are going to take it. I think take advantage, take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. People who don't have a disease will yes. be claiming. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing with depression that. and anxiety nowadays. There's a pandemic quite literally, of young people who are claiming to have depression and anxiety who have not been clinically diagnosed. Right. It's a self-diagnosis, yeah. and it's it's a badge of honor nowadays yeah, it, to have depression. It, it, unfortunately, it you're does. It seems to be. And and I was having a conversation, and this, this it's T-W-A-G-N-R-G-Wagner-977-gmail.com, <laughs> or you can call the church, and I'll be glad to take your call. Um, but I was talking to to my wife recently, and and— you know, we we see a world of of um, children and children that have grown into their teen years, and some now some of those teens have grown into their their early adulthood. Um, and Vicky's like, where was where was some of these diagnoses when we were growing up? And and you know, I, I have to say that in some cases, if not in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to some parents and say, listen. You know, uh, that that's not—I uh, wish I could remember the name of this disorder they come up with now, that, that when a child is told to do something and they explode on you, that it's a disorder. It's, like ADHD? Well, it's not ADHD. ADD? Uh, but but Something dad, of that sort. My dad beat that out of me, <laughs> okay? <Yeah. laughs> Pay attention, son, or you're going to get it again, mm-hmm. you know? Um and, and I can't. I'll, I'll have to. I'll, I'll one of you two talk here in a minute. I'll see if I can find <laughs> it. But the, it, it's an actual disorder of a child who, once a parent gives them instruction and they blow up in anger, there's now a disorder mm-hmm. for that. And I'm like, no, I don't know if if that's mm-hmm. always the case. Yeah, it's you definitely know? not always the case. So I, definitely I, not. I just uh, I, I'm, I'm sensitive to the to the needs of people who are mm-hmm. struggling. I've got. A person very close to me in my family that struggles uh, currently, and, and and I try to remain sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. What's it? Uh, intermittent explosive disorder. Exactly. Intermittent. That, that's it. IED. IED. Yeah. IED. And and again, I mean, I'm not saying that some maybe some children 
might have an issue with that, but right. I'm, I don't think you can throw a blanket over every right. kid yeah. that's no. disobedient. And give say, them a pill just to suppress that. Right. Like, right. No, yeah. there yeah. are I, other if, options. If I had, if I had a nickel every time that I had a student over the last seven years who said, "I just I have really bad anxiety," right. I'd be a rich man yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it seems to be. And I'm not saying that mm-hmm. some of them weren't legitimate, but I mean, what are the odds that all of those students? Yeah. Well, and or, I, you know, anxiety-ridden. I, I even asked myself the question. I mean, and this might uh, this might come across as insensitive, and I and I'm not being insensitive. But what's a 14 or 15 year old have to be anxious about? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, growing up, I had a roof over my head, had clothes to uh, to wear, and food to eat. I, I mean, wait wait till you get to be 35, 40. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. married, you got three kids, a house payment, and yeah. then you can be anxious. Yeah. You know? yeah. And 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 to not not counter that necessarily, but in in the cases that there are anxiety, usually it stems from one of those. Well, they yeah, don't have, yeah. they don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. They don't know how they're going to get food. Right. But not every kid is in that situation. Yeah. Some some kids yeah. who have everything will still be, right. You know, the ones that say, "I so, have so let really me let me just anxiety. wrap that you know gift wrap it and, and make sure that everybody understands. Put a bow that, on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here you want to use my finger? <laughs> Hang on. I, oh man, I got a story about that. Um, we, we are not trying to be insensitive to people that struggle with. No, with some we have type episodes mental, on yeah. this oh, in yeah. the past. And, you can yeah. go back and listen. And, to it. and we we want to throw our arm around those people and walk the journey with you. Mm-hmm. But I just stopped short of making blanket statements that right. this works for everybody right. because I don't think it does. Right. And there are solutions um, outside of Christ. Right. Like Christ isn't the end goal. Right. Um, Unfortunately. And and our sin isn't the root of it. Like we don't have to receive blame because it's outside of our control, which also isn't true. Yeah. Um, we take responsibility for our own sin in our lives. Have to. Um, yep. uh, so, yeah. Next question. All right. Moving right along. On a right different along. note, Woo. do dogs go oh, to heaven? Man. Here oh, we go. Boy. According to the movie, all dogs, all dogs <laughs> go to heaven. According to my daughter, all dogs oh, go to boy. heaven. Oh, boy. And I, and again, I've been labeled as a dog hater. Dog I'm, hater. I'm not a dog hater. I've <laughs> what never. Do you, what, what, why are you a dog hater? Well, because I don't want a, a pet in the house. Okay. I don't want a dog gotcha. in the house. So everybody's like, you're a dog hater. No. <laughs> he kicks I, the puppies. I was raised in a home where my dad brought in every stray dog mm. and named them all with something that ended with O. Bingo, Ringo, Dino. All right, I, and and I got married, and and I and one of the things I said was, I I don't want a dog. I don't want a dog. Vicky tried several times. Mm-hmm. Want a dog? Want a dog? No, I don't want a dog. Then she came to me one day and she said, I really want a full blooded cocker spaniel. And so we went to the mall, to the pet store, got the little puppy out. How much? They said four hundred and fifty dollars. I said nothing less than five hundred for my family. Put it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so she says, if I can find a full-blooded cocker spaniel for free, for free, can I have it? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she found Good one. Luck. Oh my goodness, <laughs> she found one. It was the worst this dog. This is in Vicky the world. Wagner. Yeah, well, it, she can find anything. <laughs> but it was it was awful. So I, I'm not I'm not insensitive to dogs. Uh, my my daughter, who who doesn't have children. But she's got four fur babies. Matter of fact, she just lost a fur baby last week. And uh, and it's traumatic, and I get it. So, I, again, the answer, the safe answer to this question is I don't know. Hmm. 
The right, safe that's answer. the safe answer. But are we ever safe on no, this podcast? No, never safe on here because no. we're surrounded by ramen noodles, <laughs> yeah, our sponsor for this hour. Um, so God saw it necessary to save the animals from the flood, true, right? True. So, true. I mean— And there were animals in the garden right? before the fall. Right. So let, let me just read you a few quotes from some famous uh, believers. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. And I know you're, you'd think I'm crazy for looking this up, but Martin Luther, the okay. great reformer. The great reformer. The great reformer. Yep. Speaking of Reformation the, month. And, <laughs> and that's why I didn't know. I didn't even know. Uh, he said of his dog, even for the brave Belfreline, which was the name of his Belfry. dog, there will once be a place in heaven. Hmm. Even the great reformer said that, hmm. all right? C.S. Lewis. Okay. Not a preacher, but... Theologian. Chris, Christian author, theologian. Yeah. He said he believed that dogs would go to heaven. Hmm. Let's bring it a little bit more modern. Billy Graham, hmm. right? Hmm. Uh, this is a quote. God will provide us with everything that we need to be happy in heaven. And if animals are necessary to make us completely happy there, you can be confident that he will arrange for them to be with us. Hmm. Now, that was from Billy Graham. Again, I'm not adding my... Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down to any of this. I'm just reading. <laughs> this is the most controversial <laughs> answer, like uncontroversial okay, yeah, we're gonna answer that he's given. Yeah, yeah. And end of life, but, but let's dogs, talk about dogs. Yeah, no, he won't give us a straight answer on that one. Hopefully, they're potty trained. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Will there be newspapers in heaven? Oh my keypads! Both, both to use, both to use to uh, go on as well as to whack them on the nose. When they, um, and now, when I say whack them on the nose, whack it's not because I hate dogs. I don't hate dogs. Um, so, oh but goodness. but so there there is several Christian theologian thinkers that say yes, but then there are some theologians that say no. Hmm. And they say no because, unlike animals, humans have a soul yeah. and, and a choice to accept Jesus, yes. you know, those kinds of yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, and, and that I've, got, and I've that, tried to have those conversations <laughs> with my dog. Fido, Fido, Fido pay blank, attention. I get blank stares. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ringo, will you confess that you've been doing bad things? <laughs> Rarf. I mean, so but it does I, beg the question— if, is it just dogs, or does that include yeah, all animals? Yeah, that's my question. Well, what think, about the elephants? I, I that's think it my has question. to include. I think it would have to include yeah, all animals. Yeah, because dogs aren't a special class of animals. Oh, you're going to get AllisonGardner.com. Send them to her now. You can send them to me because I am going to be <laughs> controversial on this. Dogs are not humans, people. Well, I'm, I'm going to be controversial and 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 say that. I know what will not be in heaven, and that's cats. <laughs> cats are the devil. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Man. it's cat hater Just over here. Everyone out there, remember, I've said the nice See, things yeah. about this. Why is it nah. that what Tyler said is like perfectly fine? But if we say dogs right. are like yeah. Yeah. the devil, everybody hates us yeah. all oh, the time. Somebody's going to hate me, say, I'm sure. Say, stop, stop. I didn't say that's the dogs were the devil. That's true. I didn't say cats were the devil. No, he did not. All right. He so, did not. But I'm the one that gets labeled as the pet hater. <laughs> I, say, I say that in jest, but yes. but really, yeah. I'm not a fan, but mainly because I'm allergic to them. Oh, so. yeah. That may, well, I bet you won't have allergies But they do, they do seem awful sneaky yeah. and schemey. I, yes. I, don't, I, yes. I, I don't know the answer to the question. Yes. I really don't yes. know because... You know, God did go out of His way to save the animals. You know, in the in the flood. Mm -hmm. Of course, some some people would say, well, the you know the Earth needed the animal you know ecology to, to yeah. you know right. to, to continue things to move in the right direction. But I, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I do know this. I will just be glad to be there. Right. 
And if they won't some, be worried about it. Right. If there are some pets there, great. If not, and if they're not there, I'm gonna I'm gonna still be glad I made yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Sorry if that didn't answer your question, <laughs> but you got those of you that do believe the dogs go to heaven. You have the great reformer C.S. Lewis and Billy Graham on your side. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good trio. <laughs> that is. That is. I mean, the three amigos. We yeah. shall see. We shall see one day. All right. Well. What are your thoughts on the churches that support the LGBTQ lifestyle? And we have in parentheses, love is love instead of God is love. Well, the first thing that jumped to my mind when I read that Mm -hmm. was I have a scripture for God is love, Mm -hmm. right? First John 4, 16. I don't have a scripture for love is love. Yeah, what does that even— I don't know. (laughs) What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. And you are you. (laughs) You are you. I love— Yes. I I love love. I don't know. Obviously, I think we just need to— You can't love without love. Mm. And you can't love Mm. love without Mm. God Mm. because God is love. And God is God. (laughs) (laughs) And— Uh, (laughs) I think we, I think in those situations, I mean, again, it goes right straight back to the Bible. Hmm. We have to go to what the Bible, we can't, you can't just make it a personal choice. Well, I just think that, that we need to be more inclusive. And so I'm going to change what the Bible has to say about whatever it is. That was LGBTQ, whether it's, you know, other sinful activity that we want to make it okay. Mm -hmm. We, We can take scripture and twist it. But that doesn't make it right, hmm. you know. And, and so I, I don't get the opportunity just to make the Bible say what I wanted to say to fit my personal mm-hmm. uh, belief or my personal, even my personal conviction. I don't get to twist the Bible to do that. I can't make the Bible say what I wanted to say because I have an agenda yeah. that that I want to satisfy. It's a really, it's really about what does God think about this, whatever this is. You fill in the blank. So as much as someone may want to say, well, devil worship is okay, and yeah. I got scripture to prove it, uh, it's not. No, you know. And so whether whether it be the LGBTQ issue, whether whether it be uh, alcohol, whether you know all these other things, issues that the church wants to just kind of lighten up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I say to you, what does God have to say about this? You've got to go answer that question, and answer it biblically, not just personally. And then uh, you, you'll realize that uh, that the church has, has gone a, a long way away from its original intent, mm-hmm. and and we've become we've become a subculture mm-hmm. rather than a culture. Yeah. The church should be a culture, but instead we've kind of become the subculture because we are being directly. Um, influenced by what's going on around us rather than us influencing what's going on around us. And we've said in in other episodes as well, it's not like we're saying the church hasn't needed to change in some way in regard to that as far as loving people. Oh, yeah. Um, But there's a difference in in loving people and then... Well, I think... think, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I I think you're exactly right. I think that that even the Bible says that they'll know we're his disciples because of our love one for another. We got to love people. We don't... We don't need to be known for what we protest. We need to be known for our love. We need yeah. to throw our arms around people and walk through life with them. We, we don't need to look at somebody and say, you should. We need to look at them and say, me too. Let's mm-hmm. go. You know, yeah. Let's go together. Uh, but I think that there is a line there that, right. that has been crossed. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a lot of uh, communities of faith, it's a line that's been crossed. In some uh, denominations, it's caused splits in the denomination because— 
uh, the denominational leaders at the time said, uh, we need to lower this standard and, and let a certain element of people into leadership of the church, whereas the other half of the church said, no, that shouldn't happen, and, and, and split yes, entire denominations. Uh, and so it goes back to that whole thing. Instead of uh, correcting the problem, we change the standard. Hmm. And I think that I see that happening more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Instead of changing the person and correcting the person, we change the standard of which we judge them by. Hmm. And when I say judge, I'm not saying I get to decide who's going to heaven and hell. That's right. not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying how we how we measure them up, it, it becomes we just have to change the standard now. We don't mm-hmm. have to correct the, the problem and cha- change the standard. And, and I think that's happened way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Well, I mean, churches like that are fooling people who are living in sin into believing that they are truly saved. Yeah, and, and that's that's they're going to be judged for well, that. Well, it's scary. One day. Last night at our men's meeting here at Tri-State Worship Center at nine hundred one Solida Road in South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to uh, last week's episode today. I was with my wife and we were at lunch and listening to that, and it was the whole. Well, how, is it Solida or Solida? I was like, it doesn't matter. Just send it to nine hundred one S O L I D A. Where was I? Yeah, train of thought come back. Men's meeting. Men's meeting. Mm-hmm. James chapter 3, where he, the first thing he says is, all of you should not seek to be teachers mm-hmm. because teachers are going to be held and judged to a higher standard. Yeah. And man, how true that is. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I don't mean to kind of change the, the mood or anything, but the awesome weight that that brings to me. I don't mean, I don't know, I can't speak to any other pastor, preacher, teacher, but to me, for me to be able to make sure that what I'm teaching is is the Bible, hmm. strictly the Bible, and, and whether we like that or not doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's not about me, I don't know where we came up with this thing that God wants me to be happy. Hmm. I, I can't find that. I don't know where that's at. I know he's more concerned with our holiness than he is our happiness hmm. because if he can get the holiness side of us straightened up and, and going in the right direction, the happiness will come along. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just think that the leaders of, of uh, those communities of faith uh, that are going to be held to a higher standard, they're they're setting themselves up for yeah. for some real trouble right. down any, the road. And any uh, church that uh, is teaching and professing something that's contrary to Scripture is not a true church. Right. You cannot you cannot cherry pick. Um, the parts of scripture that you like and still call yourself a Christian because right. that's just, that's not compatible. No. It's not. You have to, you have to affirm the central tenets of Christianity. And a part of that is um, the sufficiency and inerrancy of scripture. Yeah. Um, Whole Bible rightly divided. Right. So how, speaking of, on the same note, oh boy. how does the church regain its voice on moral issues after being silent for so long? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. I like to take a like even a scripture and then and kind of reverse engineer it. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, uh, and and then these other things will be added unto you. Well, what if I don't seek the kingdom of God first? You know, just kind of reverse it. Um, so in this issue, how, how did we get a voice to begin with? Let's go back to first century Palestine. Jesus has come, died, buried, resurrected, ascended. Peter, Simon Peter, and James become church leaders in Jerusalem. How did they get a voice? 
they they got their voice by being bold enough to share Jesus mm-hmm. and to talk about Jesus, being involved in the culture instead of becoming that subculture, being involved and in changing the culture, changing the 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 temperature. That's that's where. Uh, some people want to be a, a thermostat, but some people will just want to be a thermometer. You know, they want to just measure the temperature rather than changing the temperature. And I think we've got to get a voice. We've got to be bold. We've got to be not afraid to get involved in and change culture. I mean, when you go back into uh, dark ages, the enlightenment years, whatever, the church was, was we would not have education, public education, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the church. Yep. You know, it started out in churches, right. uh, music, mm-hmm. the arts. All of that was sponsored by, supported by, resourced by churches. Mm-hmm. And, and all or, of it. Or um, inerrant rights. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. Um, rights for women. Yep. Yeah. Oh, preach it, sister. I mean, uh, protection of children. Yeah. Like that, that, that oh, is because of Christians. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for communities of faith, churches, what, you know, however you want to, whatever words you want to use there to describe it, all of those things would be uh, still rampant today, mm-hmm. you know. But the church stepped in and said, "No, we're going to do it based on a moral plumb line that's called the Bible, and let's let's make these things happen." And, and they did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, instead of being involved in civic issues and being involved in the culture, we we've backed off. And I and and I think that's that's when we lost our voice. So if we're going to find it, we've got to go back to the beginning, and discover what those guys did that brought the church the voice that it has. And there's one scripture I'll just throw in here real quick: Acts chapter 15, verse 25 and 26. I, I did a message years ago. I don't remember how many years ago, and I and the title of it was "Be a Hazard to the Kingdom." And it was based on this scripture, uh, Acts 15, verse 25 says, "It has been resolved by us in assembly." to uh, select men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Here's here's the crux of it, verse 26. Men who have hazarded their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. So we got to get bold. We got to be willing to hazard our lives. You know, we've got to be willing to surrender, to yield up, to commit, to even go to prison, Hmm. you know, uh, the guy in Canada, the preacher James in Coates. Canada, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was really was going to be released as long as he said he wouldn't go back to have another assembly. And he said, "No, I can't. I can't tell you that." And so he ended up staying an extra night in jail because of it. Yeah. You know, uh, it goes back to a couple of episodes ago when we're like, "Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna step out there, then you got to know consequences are coming, and mm-hmm. you got to be able to accept those." And they did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the point of death for yeah. a lot of early church leaders and, and, and Christians, and, and we've got to be that. We have to be a hazard to the kingdom. We have to get out there and, and surrender, yield up, commit, or, or even you know uh, suffer consequence for what we want to do. And so we've lost the voice because we don't do that anymore. We've, mm-hmm. And to get the voice back, I think we got to go back to the beginning and learn how they did it mm-hmm. and then repeat that. Yeah. I also think the most important thing that we can be doing right now is— um, Getting married, having babies, and raising them to love Jesus. Because well, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. For real, I mean, like, I agree with you. Our culture right now is teaching teaching people that they need to wait as long as they can to get married. It's not it's not a top priority. They're teaching you that um, you can you don't have to have kids right away, and then by the time you do want to have kids, it's too late because you're too old. 
And um, if you want to, if you do end up getting pregnant, you can just kill your baby and that's not a big deal. And so the culture, they're not having children. They're not getting married. They're not settling down. So if Christians can start, um, you know, get taking serious uh, the calling of the family mm-hmm. and raising up warriors for Christ, then inevitably we will win back the culture Yeah, because there'll be more of us right. than there will be of the other side. And we'll be able to win people over. Um, and the most important disciples that we can, dis- uh, the most important people that we can disciple is our own children. So I think yeah. that's a big part of it too. Well, and and let me just, I'll go ahead and use part of the answer for a, a question that's that may come up, may not. Uh, depends on how long it takes us to get through this one. But uh, David Jeremiah, it, I, I was just, I was driving to meet someone for breakfast the other morning and, and I just flipped on the radio and he was sharing a message about end times and what's going on. And he mentioned uh, that, that we are losing four elements or, or, or have already lost four particular elements that have led us to this point of the church not having a voice. One is, he said, you know, we're losing our spiritual heritage, which goes to what you said there a minute ago. We, we, you know, we don't have families that are raising their children in Sunday school, learning the 23rd Psalm, you know, learning some of those, those children songs that teach them about Jesus. And, and, and now, you know, that began to happen. And now some of those children are teenagers, young adults, or even married adults. And, and it's that heritage is not being passed on, going all the way back to question number one. My, my parents passed on to me that heritage, that legacy, and it's not happening. He said, second thing is, is that theology is being weakened, mm. which is, which again, is part of what we've talked about here, that, that we've kind of watered it down so that it can be more uh, palatable, in- inclusive for yeah. people. And, and, and uh, what's his name in Dallas? Uh, he's on on television every now and Fox News. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he said it's it, that the world finds it difficult for us to to teach and preach an exclusive Jesus in an inclusive world. Hmm. You know, the only way to the Father is by Jesus. Yeah. Only one name under your heaven which you can be saved. Mm-hmm. And in a world where we're we're trying to put our arms around everybody and mm-hmm. bring them in, we're we're preaching this exclusive Jesus, mm-hmm. and that that becomes a struggle for some people, but it shouldn't be. And so we're we're weakening our theology. Bibles are being overlooked. Um, he he uh, David Jeremiah again. He he mentioned that uh, motels now are are standing and saying we we don't want the Gideon Bibles in our nightstands anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time where it didn't matter what motel you went to, there was a Gideon Bible yeah. in, the, in the stand. But now they're, they're saying, no, we don't want them there anymore. And then the fourth thing he said was that our appetites are being ruined. And what he meant by that was, he went on to explain like giving a kid junk candy all day long and then expecting them to sit down at supper time and eat a real meal and, and their appetite's not there. Not going to happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take it from me. It's, it's not going to happen. So I, I think that, that it's all four of those things. It was, um, it was a great way of putting that. Spiritual mm-hmm. heritage is, is not being passed on. Theology is being weak and Bibles are being overlooked and appetites are being ruined. And so uh, we're seeing the result of that. Yeah. Just, just open the door, turn the TV on, whatever, and see the result of those four elements that, that have gone wrong. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, you, I think you touched on your answer for for the next question, but I kind of did. Yes. To close us out, um, if you have anything else, do you have anything else you want to say on uh, do you think, do you believe some churches have watered down the gospel to fill the pews? If yeah. so, how do we turn back to the well, truth? I, I, again, I, I think those those four those things four. we could do, but also remembering that 
biblically, we know it's only going to get worse, right? But that doesn't mean we throw up our hands up or throw our hands up and become fatalists about it. I mean, I think we still have to be busy doing the Father's business. But in the last days, there's going to be perilous times, and and I think we're seeing that. And I think all the more we need to hold high the banner of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. spiritual heritage, right. theology, right. Bibles, and, right. and, and get busy doing that. And realizing that, you know, theology matters. It like y- you you don't settle for for wa- the watered down gospel. You you are courageous and you stand up and you you say like this this stuff matters yeah. and it's leading people astray and uh, we need to be diligent in in what we're teaching and what we're learning and um What's being propagated in the name of Christ? Yeah, and Second Thessalonians chapter two verse three even talks about that. You know, in the last days, there'll be a falling away. Mm-hmm. That that there will be people that won't pass on the spiritual heritage. That there will be people that won't pass on the theology. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's okay. You know, it, it just means that those who don't want to abandon those things need to work all the more harder right. to make sure that they get passed on. Right. So. That's all I got to say about that. How many times have you ended an episode like that? I'm wondering. (laughs) Maybe several. I know you've said it before. (laughs) Definitely. Well, um, thank you guys so much for joining us for this season closer. Um, Next season, we are coming back uh, with something new. Not sure exactly. What it'll, that it'll is be yet. good. It'll you, be good. You have to That's tune in all that to find matters. Out. Yep. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed this season. Uh, please leave a rate and review yes. uh, on whatever podcast you listen to. And uh, let me say real quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Allison, and thank you, Tyler. What a what a just a wonderful experience it is to be able to mm-hmm. to do this together. And, and you guys are great at what you do. And I just appreciate you. Uh, and and I wanted to throw that in on this lightning round mm-hmm. episode. And thank you, PT. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. No, no. Thank you. I hope you guys have a. Have hey, a Fido. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you might go to heaven. This week's episode is sponsored by PetSmart. Right. (laughs) Anyways, um, we'll see you guys later. Bye. See See ya. See ya.